0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Yes, we've actually made it to 10. Oh my actual God, never thought that would happen. I am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver. I am joined as always by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, mate. What's happening? You all right?
0: Yes, I am very well, as we are joined on episode 10 by a special guest because we thought, let's make it special, so we'll get someday in. We are joined by a man who is very prevalent on Twitter, he is one of the hosts on A View From The Terrace in terms of the TV show on BBC Scotland and also the podcast. He is the leader of the hashtag Embrace The Beef campaign. It is Mr. Robert Worthwick. Robert, how are you doing?
2: I'm very well, mate. Very well. Thank you for, for having me on. Uh, I was kind of hoping you'd call me Mr. Harts. I don't know where I'm getting that from. Um,
0: but, you know, that's fine. It's all right. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The intro was, didn't record! I was literally thinking, I can't believe Daniel's not dropped Mr. Hearts in there. I, I, called,
0: I called Rob Mr. Hearts in the original intro, it didn't record, I asked him, well, you mug me off because I thought I would remembered everything and I didn't remember the main point. Mr. Hearts, Robert Borthwick.
2: Nah, it's a bit much me, I you shouldn't have said that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we have, surprisingly, quite a lot to speak about in the world of hearts. And also, we went to Twitter, we got a lot of questions. Rob, you actually got more questions than Andy Driver did.
2: Really? That is uh, that <laughs> what a What of confidence <laughs> boost. That's incredible. I don't, I don't think any of them are about me, uh, whereas a few were about Andy Driver. But yeah, no, it's good. I like the one, uh, would you rather, ha- what was it? Fingers for a dick or dick for fingers. That yeah. was good.
0: What yeah. is your answer to that? We'll start off if with I'm, that straight away. I-
2: I'll be honest with you, man. I hadn't thought about an answer. I just thought about the question. Uh, that's, that's, that's an issue. Would I rather... Uh, dick for fingers. That'd be funny. That'd
0: be funny. Sure. sure. You wouldn't be able to lift anything at any time.
2: <laughs> that depends on what you're watching, I suppose. That's but, aye, true. Yeah,
0: that's, that is true.
2: Um, yeah no, that, that is true. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, tough it's one. a tough one. We'll come back to you at the end. It's not, it's not, it's it's not this, it needs it's
2: a
1: lot not, of consideration
2: yeah it's not it's not really heart related as well uh, I, I did that's notice. true
0: that is very true. most of the there was a few heart related ones, and we will get to them. However, I thought we would start with something that so a little bit behind the scenes, we were going to be recording this last night. however, schedule got moved around and it's actually been a positive change because since well in the last twenty four hours, it looks like if you go by Instagram posts and Ross Pilcher and people like that, that Aaron Hickey has left Heart and Midlothian uh, to join Bologna. It seems to be as he posts a Instagram message just literally a few hours ago as we are recording this, thanking everybody for the past four years. Um, me and Adam have kind of spoke about this on the podcast a lot, so I'll come at you first, Rob. What has been your take on the whole saga with Aaron Hickey? Because it has very much been a transfer window defined by that. And did you expect him to go to Italy, or what are your thoughts overall? Uh, <laughs>
2: my, my take on that is he's jumped the gun a little bit because he still hasn't done his medical, so uh, he's, he's very, <laughs> so he's he's very much uh, assuming that um, his his body's in good shape. No, I I think ever since the start, and I mean it has been daily. Aaron Hickey is going to sign for Bayern Munich. Aaron Hickey is going to sign for Celtic. Aaron Hickey is going to sign for Aston Villa. Aaron Hickey is going to sign for Bologna, and then it's Bayern Munich again, and then it's Celtic. Basically, everyone was just taking a punt and thinking like, oh, it probably it might be this, it might be that. I think. If you look at the way, or the, certainly the reported ways that he was being offered football um, at the certain clubs, so at Bayern Munich he have joined Bayern Munich 2, who are in the third tier of German football, mm-hmm. um, you know the, the quality is maybe like top six uh, Scottish Premiership, um, some teams are very much bottom six top, uh, Scottish Premiership, even as Marcus Godinho plays uh, in one of the worst <laughs> teams in that league. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I think that the the lure of Bayern Munich would have been a huge one, would have been massive, but um, I can see why he's taking Bologna because they're basically saying you will be our second-choice left-back. You're going straight into the first team in the Serie A uh, and you're going to be playing behind uh, Dykes, who is the Dutch left-back. So I can totally see why he's done it. And I think that a huge thing about it is as well, Bologna haven't given up. So they've actually come back in with an improved offer both to Hearts and to Hickey himself, um, which is a massive thing for, for players and clubs just to sort of say, well, this guy, this club clearly wants this guy uh, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get over the line. So I think it's an incredible move for him. Um, I think Italian football probably suits him the best as well. He's not the fastest uh, and he'll learn the defensive side of the game a lot quicker, especially playing under Sinisa Mihailovic as well. Um, so it, it, it's a move that makes total sense to me. It's the best move for Harps. It's probably the best move for Hickey as well. So I think it's really, it's been a long drawn out process in the media, but I think the right move
0: has been made in the end. It's also been really interesting to see the kind of fan reception because on his last kind of four Instagram posts, even when he was being linked with Bayern really extensively and when Cerdley came in as well, all his comments were just Bologna fans, Bologna fans saying, please come to us, please come to us. So I guess, especially for somebody at his age, it must be attractive to go to a club where the supporters clearly want you to come as well.
2: Massively so. I I think that um, Michael Loudrup was in the media today talking about it, because obviously he went over to Italy um, Mm -hmm. before he went to Rangers, all that kind of stuff. And he was basically saying like, no country on earth are the fans more sort of invested in the players of their team. So he was saying, like, you know, he'd be out in Milan uh, having pasta, and just fans would just pull chairs up to his table and just start talking wow. to him. He'd not, not even finished his dinner and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it, he was basically saying like he needs to get used to that. He needs to learn the language and he needs to sort of immerse himself in. Italian football culture because the fans are. I mean, you think Scottish and English fans and British fans generally mm-hmm. um, are passionate. Basically, he's saying that nah, is absolutely nothing compared to what the Italians are like when it mm-hmm. comes to the football side. Of things are not afraid to say if you've played badly, um, just as well as they'll say you've 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 played well. So, yeah, it's not a huge surprise to see all these Bologna fans sort of flooding onto his Instagram page because it has been so well sort of documented in the press that this was a, a potential move and. Yeah, it's for an 18-year-old laddie uh, going to play in Serie A, potentially making your debut at the San Siro and earning three and a half grand a week after tax. It's not bad. It's not bad.
0: Um, Adam, obviously, you and me have spoken about it before. However, a lot of the kind of fan reaction to this has been, obviously, it's fantastic that he's going to... He's taken a risk almost, you could argue, for a Scottish player going onto the continent instead of staying domestically. But most fans just seem happy that he's not going to Celtic. What were your thoughts on that? Like, Did you think he was ever going to go to Celtic when you heard the offer was coming in? And are you just
1: happy he's not going to Celtic and would have basically been happy if he went anywhere else? I'm, I'm delighted he's not gone to Celtic. I think that it appears to me as though it's just a wise head on, on young shoulders, definitely. Like Rob touched on, the Italians are absolutely football-obsessed. I think in terms of a pathway for him, I know there's been obviously lots of comparisons made with Ryan Gold and where his career's ended up and what have you, the general trajectory of his career. Um, So he's probably taken a look at that and thought, I don't know whether Sporting Lisbon are bigger than Bologna per se, but if he's been given assurances about playing time, that obviously is, is a massive factor, like Rob touched on. I think the whole Bayern Munich thing, as much as that's a dream, it, it, it seems to me as though it's it's stepping stones currently still. And Bologna, I think, pr- can essentially provide that. And like you said, the defensive, um, the defensive part of his game, I mean, he's 18 years old for crying out loud, so he's got plenty of time, seems like a great place to develop and earn that. That kind of move later on in his career. But I think most Hearts fans were just delighted given the uh, the rumoured sell on to Celtic and that seemingly eliminated him. I mean, I'm, I don't know whether that's part of the Bologna deal or whatever. Um, Rob seems to know his, his salary already, so that's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, from Tinecastle to the San Zero to make his, his debut would be just unbelievable.
2: I think if you look at it as well, if he had gone to Bayern Munich, I would say the chances of him ever playing for the first team were very slim. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you know he's not going with the sort of Alfonso Davis physicality and experience in MLS and all that kind of stuff and I think that what Bayern as a super club often do is buy promising young players on the cheap and then sell them to the Divisi, or mm-hmm. sell them to England or sell them to France or sell them to Italy and really I mean you could look at this as Hickey fast-tracking himself <laughs> straight to the Serie A instead of going through the the sort of the, the Bayern Munich uh, route so I, I think that obviously Bayern would have been hugely, hugely, um, you know, a massive draw for him. And he's a Celtic fan, so that was probably a draw as well. But mm-hmm. he's, he's made the right choice with Bologna, And I'm delighted he he's not... and
1: his not- dad are both Celtic fans, aren't they? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think the, the whole family are Celtic yeah. fans. Yeah. I, I obviously understand if your boyhood team comes in for you. I, but then, I don't, I, again, I don't know, because they obviously released him and what have you. So is it really... Would you really be tempted to go back to somebody that ultimately before deemed you not good enough I, I don't know it's but i mean obviously with the with the foreign teams coming in I, again it's this wise head thing i think he wants to kind of keep a good relationship with hearts fans and if he'd gone to celtic you need only look at i was going to say paul hartley but probably more so stephen presley and how his um, his opinion was changed amongst champions no by so, me
0: i still love him
1: Oof. that's that's controversial. But uh, that, that is a that is a that's a real shame.
2: <laughs> that is a real, real shame.
0: Well then that actually perfectly leads on a, a talking point that I was gonna bring up <laughs> because I wanted to ask both of these actually, because I don't even know the answer to this and Adam but BT Sport did a tweet in the week that was without revealing your age, who was the kind of first player that you ever loved and that you ever kind of became a favourite of, and I saw yours, Rob, was was it Neil McCann? It was Neil McCann, yeah. So, how, did, how old were you then? Like, again, I know, I know it defeats the purpose of that without reviewing your age, but this is the VT, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, literally just diving straight into what they didn't want you to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that so Neil McCann um, signed for Hearts in the first season I ever started going to Hearts games. It was in 95, 96. Right. Um, he signed not at the start of that season, he signed midway through. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... I think it's a kind of toss up between him and Paul Ritchie. Uh, I absolutely mm-hmm. love Paul Ritchie as well. It was sort of the tail end of, in fact, it might have been the last season of John Cahoon, um, tail end of John Robertson. So, all these like, you know, proper legends, Craig Levine, uh, Henry Smith, all these guys who were legends throughout the early 90s and 80s, I was just getting, I, I was missing them basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which meant that the the new guys that Jeffries was bringing in, the likes of McCann and, you know, Weedon and Ritchie and uh, Alan Johnston, getting guys like Thomas Flogel, Stefan Adam. That, that was the mm-hmm. first team that I properly fell in love with. And Neil McCann was just, he was just electric. He was a ridiculous player. Um, and on his day, he was a, unplayable, unstoppable. Um, I think the, the one that Hearts fans always sort of think back to was the League Cup final in 96 yeah. against Rangers at Parkhead uh, when it was essentially, it wasn't Hearts versus Rangers, it was Neil McCann versus Paul Gascoigne uh, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes. And that, that was basically what decided the game. So, yeah, for for me, Neil McCann, he was the first one that, you know, as a young kid, you want the ones that will excite you, that will score goals and run past people. And and he ticked every single box for that. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely Neil McCann. But as I say, honourable mention to Paul Ritchie as well.
0: Well, you have one that is kind of uniformly decided as a legend in terms of people love him and stuff like that. So my first season was 2004 uh, and my first game was Hearts versus Berwick Rangers in what would have been a cup. I think it was the League Cup. I can't remember. We won 2-1. And on that day, the captain was Mr. Stephen Presley. And as a child, and all the way up until whenever I stopped playing football, I was a centre-half because I was tall. And I had no physical and technical ability. I was tall. So therefore, you get chucked to the back. So as a result... I just saw this massive, beardy, long-haired guy who was really good then in the years following would captain us to Scottish Cup glory, would score a goal in that Scottish Cup penalty shootout. And then I remember crying on the way back home from a game where I heard over the radio that he was moving to Celtic. But I was still young enough to not get the whole kissing the badge thing when he came to us. And score—that's
2: so that's, that's your downfall, Daniel. That's what that is. Um, I was absolutely. Can I swear on this podcast? Is of course, you
0: I, fucking can. Go whatever you want.
2: I was fucking seething when he did that. Oh <laughs> my god, man! It's not so. It's not as if he even scored the goal. It was Yeri Yarosik. Yera Yarosik scored the goal, and Stephen Presley ran from the centre back position all the way down the main stand side, thumping his chest like a big arsehole in front of the Hearts fans, and then he said, oh, it was a gesture towards Romanoff. Well, why didn't you do it to Romanoff? He was in the fucking stands, mate. He, he was there. Just
1: an, just an immoral man, isn't he? Because he's a former Rangers. I, I don't know who he supported as a boy, but a former Rangers youth. Hearts give him a great chance to get his career on track, and then he just goes and does that. Stephen,
2: Pre- Stephen Presley is the sort of man that would become your friend and then stab you in the back at the first opportunity. Does oh, constant. Right, but well, you know, wait, when, when, when he was at Hearts, so I absolutely loved him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> outstanding centre half. Absolutely.
2: Oh, aye, like just, just an incredible leader, incredible man. Uh, but then he went and did that and broke my heart. Um, I would have been just what sixteen or seventeen, I think sixteen. Um, that's, got, that's
1: got a tender age for some hatred as well.
2: Aye, yeah, yeah. It was it was tough. And then, you know, Daniel, you're saying that Stephen Presley wasn't even that tall. He wasn't even that big. I know, Andy Webster. But I was Andy like Webster six. Andy Webster should have been your, well, everyone was talking to you, but Andy Webster should have been your man.
0: That's <laughs> I it. Do lo- like, Listen, I loved Andy Webster and I still love Andy Webster. But you never, as they say, you never forget your first.
2: <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Jesus. What a thought.
0: <laughs> that is a thought. I will very quickly move on from that thought to Adam. You picked someone because obviously you're only a year younger than me. So we have basically the same memories as Hearts fans and you picked someone who was in that team with Presley in the 2006 Cup Final.
1: Uh, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I set that up. I set that up. And then as I finished the sentence, I went, oh, no, wait, no, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't.
1: As the youngest on the podcast, um, it's funny, obviously it wasn't from that '06 6 team, but it was from uh, the 2002 team because that's obviously when I started watching uh, the Jam Tuts. Um, I went to my first game at four, and All obviously right. that, that tweet emerged. And my first real favourite for, for his Derby antics, if nothing else, was uh, Big Mark De Vries. Nice. Good Welcome choice. Thank you very much. Um, ne- never thumped a Celtic badge in his life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is all this podcast is going to be remembered for i finally revealed episode 10 i finally properly revealed that I love Stephen Presley and therefore negate all thoughts as a Hearts fan um,
1: <laughs> I mean looking back I could have chosen a fair few in that team um, John Sunday Louis Valois
0: Gordon and I thought it was you but it clearly wasn't a no, it was,
1: and you I think it was uh, Hearts though I think posted Gordon oh. um, I could have gone John Louis Valois Phil Stamp you obviously loved Andy Kirk Daniel mm-hmm. uh, and then even, even back then, like Graham Weir and Neil Jancic, like hearts had a decent couple, couple youngsters. Obviously, the snake as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, big, big Mark DeVries. What I mean, just the ultimate target man. What a player. Um, and obviously, that Bordeaux winner as well, I think, sticks out besides the, uh, the Derby Day antics.
2: Yeah, 100%. That, that whole like early noughties team, uh, end of Jeffries, start of Craig Levine era, um, I really I, I liked a lot of players in that team. Andy Kirk, probably my favourite in that team. I absolutely, for some mm. reason, I have no idea why. I absolutely loved Andy Kirk. But then, obviously, like Stampey, Valois, um, Stefan Mahi, <laughs> all these guys. <laughs> like it was uh, Anthony Niemi, obviously, in goals. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin McKenna, Robbie Nielsen, breaking through Alan Mabry. Patrick Cosnorbol, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of a lot of players Patrick that I, I can't believe I forgot. Big Paddy Cosnorbol, Paddy Cosnorbol. Now the now the manager of Melbourne City, is he actually? actually? Yeah, just got appointed the other day. That's, That's amazing. amazing. There you go. That's the, he's he's on the route to become the Man City manager. He's in that group now. Yeah. So <laughs> Part of that on. city group, exactly. You have Man's to go been... New York first. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a ladder. Aye, <laughs> Mad- Mark DeVries is linked with, and I have to be careful what i saying because he will listen to this. My dad hated me on my fifth birthday because of Mark DeVries. Because my fifth birthday was the 11th of August 2002. No way. Which oh, is that no. game, and my mum didn't let him go to the game.
2: <laughs> no way. Oh, and there's, my God. Um,
0: there's footage um, me opening presents, looking absolutely buzzing, and my dad just going from my face. <laughs> to Mark DeVries scoring the fourth, back to my face, back to Mark DeVries scoring.
1: You've had some cracking, uh, Hearts games on your birthday though, have you not?
0: Kyle Lafferty beating Celtic a couple of years ago—that was my twenty-first, actually.
2: That's a good one. Yeah,
0: I day. missed
2: that. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up in Arbroath.
0: Well, if you're up, going to be anywhere to miss a Hearts I mean, game, well, a that, that's,
2: where else uh, would you rather be? We were, uh, we, we were filming for the pilot for the TV show uh, up at Arbroath. Oh, really? And then um, as like I, I sort of had my phone out by the side of the pictures, we were filming the players warming up, and I just screamed, fucking yes, <laughs> as they were all warming up. And uh, Rab Douglas, who was the coach at Arbroath, oh. like, <laughs> came over and was like, is that one of the Hearts, lads? I was like, yes. <laughs> was like, Fuck <laughs> <sake."> <laughs> so that was a highlight. That was a highlight. Telling Rab Douglas, who's the largest man I have ever seen in my <laughs> life, um, that his team were losing. So yeah, I missed that one. Gutted.
0: Oh, that's a shame. Well, I missed Mark DeVries scoring four and Andy Kirk getting one. And four. Yeah. however my dad did, so it's kind of balancing out. So I made him do that, which is a happy memory for me. It's
1: funny it's funny, you obviously mentioned that that O six team. That was also such an easy team to fall in love with. I mean that mm-hmm. that foreign influx. Hearts genuinely had coups everywhere. Like, obviously, in 2004, that was just a mental year for football because Greece won the Euros and... Um, and then Mourinho's Faisas came <laughs> And Mourinho's Porto won the Champions League. And then two years later, Takis Fisas and Edgaris Jankowskis are on the boot. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there was obviously substantial wages, um, but, I mean... I, I, was going
0: to
1: say, I was going to say, we could
2: definitely afford both of them as well. That's, that's the main thing. We could 100% afford those wages. No was, tins were raided in <laughs> the signings. Shred the evidence, it's fine.
0: That was the thing that um, Andy Driver said to me in the podcast where he was like, I know that Romanoff did a whole load of bad stuff, but the football he allowed Hearts fans to watch, looking back now, we probably won't see better football than that 2016.
2: Oh no! Like a hundred percent. I always find it quite funny when fans of other teams bring up sort of like uh, financial mishaps and stuff like that to other fans. Like it's going to hurt us. <laughs> it's like, listen, man, we we didn't we didn't go in... like I didn't personally go into administration. I'm absolutely fine. You know, it's like who cares? Who cares? Like that was yeah. amazing. Like that was two thousand six to. Maybe the beginning of 2008, and then it kind of fell off a cliff a wee bit, um, was, was magic. And then, obviously, we won another Scottish Cup with uh, money we didn't
1: have as well. So, yeah, exactly. that's that's their problem. <laughs> if, they, if they want to play by the rules, they're losers. <laughs> and
0: they're fucking idiots. This, this, exactly. This winning,
1: this winning honestly shit's overrated. Like, if they were in our <laughs> shoes, of course they'd do exactly the same. They'd be ah. kidding themselves on if they didn't. So, 100%. 100%. You're right.
0: Well, speaking about winning honestly, we beat St Mirren in a game of football. And then we lost to Burnley. But we beat St Mirren in a game of football. Rob, what are your thoughts of the fact that Hearts have actually been playing games of professional football?
2: The the thought of it is delightful. Uh, and seeing the, the wee bits of highlights and all that kind of stuff was, was great. Um, I could not in normal circumstances, care any less about pieces and friendlies, <laughs> I think they I, I don't think clubs should even report on them because they're just asking for fans to be like, oh, where's Stephen Naismith? Like? He's probably no, that friendly. was, that like, was in cares?
0: fury in, in the first... Who, who was it the, uh, the Sheffield United game when Gordon and Naismith went in it and folk were like, this is worrying. Why? <laughs> how, how is it
2: worrying? Like, who cares? Like, that, so basically, what I'm saying is, yeah, I'm very happy the hearts are back because that is, as I say, just seeing seeing the, the, the players out playing and, and seeing the new boys playing and all that kind of stuff is, is a lovely feeling. But at the same time, like that's that's where my interest ends. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really care. Um, but no, seeing like Josh Janelli um flying past his man and setting up Jamie Walker and uh, seeing the St Mirren keeper with a hilarious fuck up um, <laughs> for Robert's goal um, was was great, and as I say, it, it just adds a wee bit more buzz to the fact that you know football's coming back for Hearts properly in about three and a half weeks with the Bedford Cup. So um, you know the, the countdown is properly on, probably just in time for COVID to come back uh, in yeah. full force, yeah, absolutely <laughs> Not everything out again. Um, but no, it's it is great to see, and obviously like the the Burnley game. Uh, Burnley played two friendlies on the same day. So it was kind of like a half-strength team that they put out. Um, and we put out a, a fairly reasonable team that did the same thing and making loads of subs again. So I think, yeah, you know, playing against um, the, the calibre of opposition, of playing against two English Premier League sides and a Scottish top-flight side, um, and, you know, doing well enough against the English teams and beating the Scottish team, like, that—that that, that is nice, but I'm not, I'm not
0: ever going to read anything into it. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam, we spoke about literally last week after the Sheffield United game, how we are of the same opinion that results don't really matter. As Rob said, it's always nice to beat, especially the Scottish team when it turns out to be St Mirren. It's always a positive to beat them. However, you can't read too much into it, but I wanted to ask you specifically, what did you make of the fact that Hearts have made two sign-ins and have both had immediate impact, albeit in friendlies, but with actually for the first time in oh my God, I can't even remember, we've finally bought a winger who at least knows how to take a man on.
1: I think it yeah. might be since Neil McCann. That's it might why he's be. still my favourite player. It
0: genuinely <laughs> might
1: be. Listen, there's every chance. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like you lads have touched on, the results mean diddly squat, to be honest. I mean, our, our record in Paisley's rank, so I was just personally pleased that we've actually managed to win a game through there, um, even if it is non-competitive. Um, but yeah, the the most pleasing thing from that game, obviously despite the the keeper fuck, fuck up as uh, Rob touched on, was without doubt seeing a, a winger actually taking players on, hitting the byline and and finding Jamie Walker obviously in the box. And hopefully there's plenty of that to come this season. I've kind of always had this assumption that outsiders look in on hearts and presume that Walker's kind of best on the flank, but... I always think he's at his best when, he, when he's through the middle, if I'm honest. What's, what's your guys' thoughts on that? I 100% agree. I don't think he's fast enough for the wings anymore. I think he was
2: when he first broke through into the team, but he's had his knee injuries and a back injury since then, and he has lost a bit of pace. Um, and I think you know he's got the ability to to dribble. He's got the ability to, to pass a ball. I think number 10 is kind of his best role. It's just a shame that that is also Stephen A. Smith's best role. So we'll kind of see... How Nielsen goes with it because I know he, he loves Jamie Walker. Um, mm-hmm. he, he really, really likes working with him. He, he liked working with him the first time round as well. But you know, seeing seeing Walker make that run beyond the the last defender and, and getting on the end of a cross, that's exactly what we needed last season. That's what the players weren't doing often enough was getting beyond the strikers. So. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely his best position. I think it's also probably Anthony McDonald's best position, uh, Stephen Naismith's best position. All you can play there, <laughs> so we, we've got we've got a lot of options. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you in that he's not a wide man, which is why we've brought in Freer, we've brought in Roberts, and we've brought in Ginelli as well.
0: I totally agree as well. Um, I really, I remember there was a game kind of towards the end of Walker's time with us the first time round where. He was played through the middle for the first time in what felt like ages. And it was the first time in ages that I remember going, Oh, he actually looks like he's got like, really great. And I think he got an assist on that day. And it was ever since then. And I was like, That's clearly where both he operates best and where he feels most comfortable. And I think, obviously, if a player is great, a player is great. But I think it's so important to make sure that a player is comfortable wherever he's playing. And I think you see it whenever he is in that area. Walker. Th- Walker just kind of has
1: more confidence when he's in that position. he definitely played his best football under Nielsen a hundred percent as well mm-hmm. um so yeah very-, very encouraging signs definitely it, it, like Rob says, it will be intrigued to see kind of the um the rotation between him and Naismith, whether Naismith will play up with Boyce and have Walker in behind that duo, so I don't know and I- not. Really, that's provided that Liam Boyce isn't away on international duty in Northern Ireland, and half the fan base are absolutely fuming that that's the case, him and Michael Smith, because they should be playing in pre-season friendlies against St Mirren and Burnley. So, hey-ho. I, I think it's crazy that you're suggesting that Stephen
2: Naismith will oust Craig in from that second striker <laughs> position role. Um, I think we all know how
1: we're going to start that season. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that, because I was going to talk about the Burnley friendly, and <laughs> despite... I mean, some of the goals were calamitous. Let's let's be frank. I think Craig Gordon needs to check if he was drinking Gordon's water or Gordon's gin beforehand. Um, that's a fantastic... But,
0: that's the best thing you've ever seen on
1: this show. But but the one positive that we could take is Craig Whiten's goal in the game. I actually thought it was decent forward play with obviously holding the run, exploiting the space, and it's, it's a tidy finish. So I'm hoping that he can use that as a springboard to have a successful season for us because he... He bagged a couple for our broth on loan. Feel you know, so- weird
0: speaking about Craig Whiting like this. This doesn't feel natural. What do you mean that Craig Whiting took it naturally and had a fine finish? I know he did, but I feel like we just all imagined it.
2: I really, I really thought you were going to say and use this as a springboard to get himself a move before the season starts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Hearts are shown so much training footage. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so that, that 200k has got to pay itself back. That's it. Um, he, did, he did do well at Arbroath last season. Um, and I think he's the sort of player they'd be delighted to have back as well. And it kind of says that he, he can perform in the championship. Um, he will be a third choice striker for us. I, I, there's no doubt about that. Seeing as Jordan Roberts can play through the middle as well. Um, but no, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, was nice. it was a nice finish. It was a good ball through from Ollie Lee. And Ollie Lee is apparently according to reports, um, looking absolutely class in training. Um, I think
0: he might be quite a key player under Nielsen. We'll see. Well, that is a fucking excellent segue there. I know you don't know what I'm about to say, but that is an excellent segue to potentially a partnership with Ollie Lee. One of the biggest positives of this training camp time has been that Hearts have seen the human being that is Peter Herring kicking a football, Rob On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you at the thought of Peter Herring playing a competitive game?
2: Every single time I see footage of him uh, on the Hearts Twitter or Instagram and he goes to kick a ball, every time I think he's just going to turn into dust like when Thanos (laughs) snapped his fingers.
0: (laughs) Behind (laughs) Liam Boyce is just like...
1: Just... (laughs) (laughs) And just, just getting the Outlines of his shadow or whatever.
2: <laughs> I, honestly, it's, or, or he'll just shatter like pure glass. Um, no, it's great to see him back. Um, I'm still semi-skeptical about how fit he will ever be again because I, mm-hmm. I know he was talking in the media and sort of saying like, yeah, you know, I'm kicking a ball, but I'm still in pain. Um, and watching him run, uh, there was footage of him just running around the pitch and he was—he he didn't was look comfortable. <laughs> He looked, he looked like the Tin Man before he got oiled. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he did, did not he did not look comfortable. So I was like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't know how fit he is. Because I, I think when he is fit, um, he's he is pound for pound Hart's best player. He is our most <gasps> that, influential player.
0: Right, thank you so much. Because me and Adam had that oh. debate last week. And I said <laughs> that. I said that he was our best player and Adam disagreed.
2: Adam, how dare Good you? How dare you? No, I I think you you look at the influence that he had uh, in the amazing start under Levine in 2018. Um, He wasn't just good defensively. He was good at passing the ball. He was good at driving us forward. He chipped in with goals. uh, And then he came out the team and everything went to complete dog shit. And then he played in the the, um, Scottish Cup final, our first good performance, in months. And I don't think think that's a coincidence. I think that's because he was there,
0: because he's that good. See, this is helpful. I've now got backup. Fucking explain yourself, Adam.
1: <laughs> no, I just I I honestly just because I know he did pop up with goals and what have you, but he's not he's not up the the final third of the park. So I don't know. It it doesn't his role. His I,
0: role I I, is the cante he dictate no, the game. I know.
1: But I just I don't know. I, I felt as though we were a different team with Stephen Naismith just moaning at other folk as well, but I, I might <laughs> Listen, I, I love Peter Haring. I don't even know why Bro, this is a. Th- you
0: hate Peter Haring. That is the discussion no, and the don't. conclusion Adam, that we've come to.
2: Adam, Adam, yeah. what, why do you hate Peter Haring?
1: <laughs> this is actually going to become a thing now, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. It absolutely it is. is. That's the title
1: of this Adam Hates Haring. It, it's funny because <laughs> <laughs> this could be like some beef that I have with Hartspann. <gasps> Rob, I wanted to touch on. I kind of wanted an update from you as to whether you've been successful in your latest batch of, well, for want of a better word, some beef hunting. St. Um,
0: Mirren embraced it today.
1: Yeah, it I, was just, I was going to bring up that wee St. Mirren tweet. Um, so for those that haven't seen it, uh, St. Mirren tweeted out, watch the hashtag heartbreaker in action this Saturday live on pay-per-view for just £12.50 as St. Mirren take on Hibernian. And then it's got the picture of John Obika looking as though he scored the winner in the World Cup final. What, what was your thoughts? Because I, I know it's that cheeky we like, so talk to oh, me. Adam, I, I absolutely love it. I love
2: it. It's great. It should, it should happen more often. That's what I'm saying. This, that's what this campaign's all about. If it means what it annoys thoughts? Hearts fans, superb. Good. I was Honestly.
1: Even shithousery against Hearts.
2: Oh, like especially actually, I get some sort of morbid joy out of seeing uh, idiot idiot Hearts fans that I don't like on Twitter getting all upset. So yeah, not a hundred percent, man. That's what I'm saying. This this is this is not a Hearts thing. This is a, this is something I want to roll into Scottish football. Uh, I might go for talks with the SPFL see if we can get an official <laughs> hashtag branded up for the Betfred Cup games. Um, no, like it absolutely should be happening more often because I know that um, Hearts will Hearts will bite back with something eventually. They always do. You know, teams don't. Especially admins uh, and Twitter accounts don't forget we things like that. And they will come back with something eventually. Um, and I think that's what the next like two or three years is gonna be best for hearts is just the sheer <laughs> amount of revenge tweets that are gonna be getting fired out from the Twitter account. Um, no yeah, I'm I'm all
1: drafted up.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Listen, mate, like we have to play we have to play Race Rovers in a few weeks' time. There's oh, yeah. no way that is going unnoticed. Um, yeah, I, I, as I say, I'm all for it. Even if it is against Hearts. Um,
0: bring it on. That's great. I was just about to say, is there what's the bigger embrace-the-be-fixture? Hearts versus Wraith in the Bedford Cup or Hearts versus Dundee opening game of the season?
2: Great question. I think it's probably
0: Wraith. Interesting. Because,
2: because of the legal proceedings, yeah. I think it will mean more to Wraith. Um, I think Dundee are completely, I mean, they couldn't give a single fuck about what they did earlier in the year, uh, whereas Wraith Rovers are a lot more invested in the beef. Um, they have, they've bought into the beef quite quite severely. I know that Hearts obviously will have uh, their thoughts on Wraith Rovers as a football club as well. So I would say that that one's probably a bit bigger. Plus, who really cares about Dundee? They're irrelevant.
1: It's, it seemed as though Wraith and Hearts were kind of good pals because the chairman obviously talked about that. And obviously, we've loaned them a couple of players in the past and whatever. Whereas Dundee, obviously, the old man goes on about 86 and that kind of hatred. So that's, that's, a, that's a decent answer, even though I thought, for me, I think Dundee probably the bigger beef. But that's just because I can't stand Dundee. 86
2: is 86, though. I mean, it's like that, that's a totally different thing. Plus, all Dundee did that day was win a game of football yeah no, that's that's all they did they, they didn't intentionally like <laughs> they didn't just sort of think the only reason we are going to win this game is to <laughs> stop hearts winning the league like they, they were just doing their jobs Whereas,
0: nah, i like I to think, think they was i like to think they lined up that day going all the the only reason we're going to play here is to stop you winning
1: david kennedy listen to the man there you go get over it <laughs> I'm Get not saying that. that.
2: Um, no, I, I think the Wraith Rovers one, um, yeah, the, the, the Pfeifers seem to be a lot more upset than the, the Dundee fans do. So um, that's the one I'm looking forward to.
1: Well, that is- what, um, what other beef spats have you kind of seen on Twitter? Is there, I mean, there must be some sort of like beef ambassador vacancy going at the SPFL and SFA that you've talked about. Is there, is there, any, is there any kind of pettiness that you can, you can touch on? Most of the beef that I've seen recently has actually been directed towards the SPFL.
2: Just <laughs> any... Oh! Any, it, any, it, it, and all our fans just responding and go to them. Any tweet that they put up, so t- today was the announcement of the test events, um, having 300 fans at Ross County and also at Pataudry, and then just everyone saying that is the two teams <laughs> <laughs> that broke the, the protocols, that's a Celtic game and an Aberdeen game. Um, I liked your tweet into. to it,
0: I liked your response.
2: Did I respond?
0: Yeah, where well, you were like, after that we're we all going for a night out.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, so <laughs> uh, to the Aberdeen tweet? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd done my research as well. I made sure it was definitely the Bar of the Aberdeen players. That, that <laughs> <much>. But,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's, you can't really move for uh, daft little bits of beef just now. Um, mostly, obviously, the fallout from what happened in the summer. Um, but then, yeah, the SPFL are are, are really, really hated. Um, again, even, even though the amnesty in the summer where Celtic fans and... Dundee United fans and every fan basically who was uh, not on heart side of things were like, oh, the SPFL are the best. (laughs) Um, They've now suddenly gone back to type, um, which is (laughs) what the SPFL is there for. It's there to be a shield and to be a a sort of uh, suit of armour for the clubs. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, they're quite happy to sort of take those bullets.
0: Well, that was a very good articulate response. And now I've got a relatively serious question to ask you. I know Mm -hmm. shocking. However... Um, one of the questions that we've got for you, which is one of the many questions, is what's your thoughts and opinions on a way to get Hearts fans back into Tynecastle, considering we, especially in that league, will have the largest fan base in the stadium by a ways, but also just generally within Scottish football? I know this isn't us asking and then we're going to put it in the action, but let's pretend it is, and that you are actually in charge of how we do this.
1: Can I just say, before you answer... I'm absolutely delighted that you've got the most serious and um, yeah, most PG question um, asked first. Because then we'll obviously, I think we'll take it one about and just have a look at some of the absolute nonsense that we've been sent. So yeah, the floor yeah. is yours. Thank thank God we covered off the dick fingers early. Um, <laughs> so I think,
2: I think like for me, it's. Um, Personally, I think there's no point in doing it until you can get 50% of the capacity because uh, mm-hmm. the club will run at a loss if they do it otherwise. Um, and also, you know, it would be to benefit of the fans that are there, but I'm not sure if it would be to benefit of the players. So I don't think... I mean, I've been saying this since, like, March. I don't think that there will be Hearts fans in the stadium until at least next March, mm-hmm. uh, which is a horrible thought. And it is, you know... I base my entire social life around hearts, and you know it 's sad for a thirty year old man, but we are where we are um, but it 's true you know, every couple of weeks that is the the highlight of the weekend so it 's an absolute shocker, but i don 't see any way. That it's going to happen without you know some sort of, well without the the disease eradicating itself or if a vaccine comes along I don't see how you can get like more than fifty percent people in. And as I say, I think without getting the fifty percent, and I don't think it's worth it for the club or the the players or really the fans. So you got you ask me a serious, you asked me a serious question, you got a serious answer. I'm just going to yeah. put a complete downer on this. I might just hang <laughs> up now. Actually, this will be this will be <laughs> the, end, the end of the podcast. Um, Thanks no, I'm coming on. <laughs> It was an absolute fucking pleasure. Uh, no, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't I don't see it being feasible until 2021 at the very, very earliest.
0: I agree as well, because you see it with, um, well, just, I was about to even say, you see it with kind of the Premier League, how they're at Brighton, I think, this weekend, with the Prem starting they're told that they can have something like 300 uh, fans in some areas, so dotted around, um, and then Brighton themselves have come out with a statement saying that they don't know if that will be feasible because as you said, operating at a loss is one thing here, but for a Premier League stadium down there, that's a lot of money. You have to put everybody in in terms of stewarding because although the um, attendance is so, so much lower, you still have to have in there. Um, yeah. So that, that cost in terms of ticket, in terms of just staff who would turn up on the date, it means that Um, I don't know in regards to what's happening with furlough staff down in England because obviously the Prem have been back up. However, if they need to take staff off furlough that perhaps even when the restart was happening, for example, just the kind of backroom staff on match days weren't needed. So they still may potentially be on furlough and then they have to come off it. And it's not exactly an easy process to just go, well, you can come off furlough for this Saturday and then, Go back on it, because that then introduces union disputes and the individuals involved, saying no the beef yes the beef, <laughs> be- the beef between unions and businesses as is so eloquently put, but you times that by kind of a hundred when you come up here because due to the sample size being smaller, it means that the actual money involved in the game is smaller, so it's a bigger risk going through it,
2: yeah. Pretty much um yeah, in france they i think it was they were they allowed five thousand people without social distancing um and that that went really badly yeah I can <laughs> that imagine. went terribly there was there was there was massive riots in Paris after they lost the champions league final um, Yeah, of
0: course, yeah
2: so yeah i I think. It's always good to uh, to look at what your neighbours are up to, but at the same time, um, Scottish football isn't like um, any of our neighbours in terms of England, France, uh, Germany—all these big money leagues. Um, we're not like that at all. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: We'll see. Adam, save us with a funny question before this yeah. gets too serious. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I'll go. I'll go slightly funnier because this is—I'm intrigued to know the answer. This isn't a funny question per se, but uh, at Edinburgh Saint asks. Out of all the players in HMFC history, which one would you take out on a full-on date? I'm talking dinner, drinks, the whole lot. Oh, that's a fantastic question.
2: Uh, probably Mauricio Panier. Oh, I
1: could yeah. Totally see that? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I'm hundred percent definitely. Ah. Oh. Not, not a shadow of doubt in my mind would I take Marie retail opening out, actually, now that I've thought about it. In fact, anyone with a hairband, uh, year 2000, <laughs> Stefan
0: Dan, very specific. Um, <laughs> you have to wear this hairband, Stefan, <laughs> you're not coming out.
2: Pretty much, aye. like. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going on a full-on date with these players at that time, uh, not now, because Stefan <laughs> is, is is a lot older now. Um, no uh, yeah it would be it would be Paneer. Um I, I think there'd be a lot of
1: stories to tell after that uh, after that full on date. Well, you just said that you 'd be taking him, surely it 's got to be where he 's taking you George street <laughs> I hear is quite a popular destination is it not?
2: <laughs> I heard that certainly his favorite. Um, you see the picture that I actually posted up the, the other week there the other month um, of the players on the night out, and Robbie Nielsen... Is at the bar with what looks like a vodka and orange juice, and uh, and Mauricio Paneiro is just drinking a massive pint of Guinness. I was like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't have him down as a Guinness guy? I really no, didn't. Abs- absolutely not. I was thinking cocktails, or maybe like you know if yeah. he's drinking a beer, if he's drinking a beer, it will be a Sol or something. Sol you know I mean? is
0: exactly what I was going to say, but like
2: not not a great big mucket pint of Guinness. I was like, oh, fair play to you,
1: man. Fair play I, to I, you. I can kind of picture him at the bar." Chatting up a couple tidy birds and he's got these dishing out like tequilas and they're just going one by one, come every I don't know, they necking them every minute. And I could see I know. could I could see him accidentally
2: chatting up Robbie Nielsen because he didn't have a beard at that time, he just had long <laughs> luscious hair.
0: He's <laughs> nice hair.
2: Just a few two Guinnesses down, and he still can't see too well.
1: Yeah. Adam, um, who would you take? Oof. Who'd I take on a full on date? I like
2: how many times we specified it's full-on. By- <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm-
0: laughs> it's not just a date, it's a full-on date.
1: <laughs> Which Hearts player would I shag? Um, <laughs> no, I don't know.
0: Uh, I'd take Stephen Presley and just cuddle him. I'll
2: take I- Paul Hartley then, out of that team. I'll take Paul Hartley. See, whilst you're cuddling, Stephen Presley will jam a blade right in between you.
0: The- <laughs> 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 and I'd embrace it and go, you can't watch Stephen, You'll be justified. It'll be all right. <laughs> you, you,
2: you would embrace the sweet release of death at the hands of Stephen Presley. Fair yes, play to you, man. Yes, Fair play absolutely.
0: to you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I've got well, another serious question. No, it's no serious. I read it as serious, but it's an well, interesting I think it's going to have a. It could create a lot of anger with some people. Oh, dear. So, Okay, a, this is this has suddenly
1: got oh, tense. Oh, I think I, I think I know which question it is. Are you going to use a more appropriate term?
0: Oh, God, no, I don't even care what it is.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh well, well I'm, I'm looking at a question and I'm thinking a word maybe shouldn't be said. In well, this. You
0: can you can say that next, but this one right, okay. is... now. I don't think this is going to be tense at all. Now you've scared me and I can see the questions. No, no, go on. So, Rob, do you think yeah. Craig Levine should still be regarded as a hearts legend despite his managerial spell? What's the bad word there?
2: Is it legend?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was like, that's a fine tweet, but could annoy people for what you said. I'm now terrified at whatever Adam's going to ask
1: you next. No, no. This is an entirely different, ridiculous question. So All right, okay. let's
2: just hear about Levine. Okay. Um, should Craig Levine be considered a hearts legend? Yes, with an asterisk, essentially. Right. Um, you cannot, hard. like... It's one of those things, this is anecdotal for me because I only ever saw Craig Levine play maybe three or four times. Mm -hmm. He was very, very badly injured uh, by the time I started going to games. But, you know, speaking to my dad, who's been going to Hearts games um, home and away since the 1960s, um, his favourite ever player is Craig Levine. And he just says that, you know, as a defender, just a complete and utter Rolls Royce, just a phenomenal, cut above most other players in the league at the time uh, when he was sort of in his pomp. He was getting Scotland caps. He was Hearts captain for a spell. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a Harch fan. He gave absolutely everything to Harch uh, as, a, as a player. Um, obviously, ended up retiring at Harch as well. And then, you know, his first spell in charge as a manager went really well as well. He he took a faltering uh, Jim Jeffries' side and got consecutive third-place finishes, consistent European places, good European results. Um, and then, you know, in a second spell as manager, that's, that's where it all went tits up. So I think that recency bias will dictate for people uh, that yes, like he, we hate him. And I think that, you know, I don't disagree with that. I think that's fair for the time being. Um, we. I don't think we'd be in the position we're in right now if it wasn't for Craig Levine. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you should completely ignore everything positive that he did for this club, which was years and years and years of service. And you can never claim that he didn't try his best and, and do everything that he possibly could. But I think in the end, him trying to do his best was his downfall because he was too blind to see that he was the issue, um, which is a, a, a sort of big part of it. But no, I, I would say legend, yes, but with an asterisk.
0: I'd, I'd basically agree. Obviously, me and Adam came into Hearts, and by the time we came along, Craig Levine, I've never seen Craig Levine kick a football apart from the touchline, but as you say with your dad, my dad's the same, like um, absolutely adores Craig Levine, and even as someone who never saw him play, it's immediately apparent how much he loves the club, as you say, like there is almost no man who is more Mr. Hearts apart from Robert Borthwick than Craig Levine.
2: (laughs) That's it. I have given way more of my life to Hearts than Craig Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely,
0: <laughs> but I, I I fully agree. Legend when Asterisk is a good way of putting it. Adam, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny how how our dads are kind of pretty much deciding Levine's fate for us. Because um, <laughs> again, uh, Jambo DVK, yeah, pretty much exactly is exactly the same boat? So, I mean, it, it's funny. I I haven't actually asked whether the managerial spells the managerial spells and the playing spell should be different completely for me but I can see why they're obviously chucked together I don't know whether these taint because obviously Levine was a fantastic footballer so I've been told but then I don't know whether the managerial thing kind of overshadows that I I don't know, I I can see why I think Rob's bang on with the yes with the asterisk because there'll be folk that obviously branch the two together whereas some could look at Levine solely as a player and think, outstanding, the the Gorgie Maldini and others, look at his managerial...
0: That better have been a nickname for him, by the way. I really
1: really hope it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Gorghi Berese, maybe, I don't know about Maldini. (laughs) Gorgie Barese. well, I knew knew it was one of the Milanese defenders. (laughs) Right, what is your terrifying question that you've got? Um, well, it's it's from my good chum Ross, who's one of the more um, erratic individuals on, on Hearts Twitter, let's say. Um, he says, if you had to take three current Hearts players slash staff on a three-day, I'll say, sesh, who would you take? Um, <laughs> and he's pre-guessed your answer. Why is it better, Nielsen and Budge? I think he's maybe got one of the three right there. <laughs> um, Budge. I don't,
2: I, 100%, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'd love a night out with Christoph Bera. Nothing against him, Mike. But I just, uh, you know, there's, I don't know. you would end up dropping the pints or something. Um,
0: That's so, harsh. That's harsh on the man. You see it's him not, last season. anyway. It's not, eh, it's not harsh. I'm <laughs> trying to be nice. Listen, um, I just like centre-halves. Right? I'll support them <laughs> forever.
2: You've got a big thing for centre-halves in fair play to you. Um, I do. So, and Budge, 100%. Um, who oh god I should have thought about this uh, I should have thought about this sooner um, probably oh. uh, you say that now. oh Michael Smith just because I like to hang out with him um, he's
1: like a cool uncle isn't he Michael Smith aye yeah, yeah. 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 I, I like
2: how you're saying he's a cool uncle and I think he's about a year older than me so that means a lot <laughs> cheers man um,
1: <laughs>
2: he looks and, older
0: than you so you've got that It does. It does. he's, 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 he's grey
2: when I see you on the box you're not grey That's it. He's he's got the salt and pepper. Um, (laughs) But, you know, if anything, I'm jealous of that. Um, And then (laughs) my other choice, oh, I think, yeah, I think he'd be a great laugh. And I go for Bobby's Lamal.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. I think
2: think he would be a great laugh. A great laugh. Yeah, yeah, just like erratic as fuck. Just like, I don't know. Yeah. Cartwheels at the bar and whatever. Aye, aye, exactly. (laughs) The sort of guy that if he was in another group, you'd say, I, I fucking hate him. I, I really want him to leave. But when he's in your group, you're like, ah, he's fine, man. Um, so I think Bobby, Bobby's Lamal, Michael Smith and Anne Budge and Robert
1: Borswick make it happen. What a night out. Oh,
0: what a force on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad quartet. Um, we touched on centre-halves briefly there, Daniel's obsession with centre-halves. But Ross also asked, given John Suter is held together by sellotape and sheer willpower, who would be your ideal choice to bring in at centre-half? I mean, is that even a question? There's only one answer. This I is, this said is, this.
0: I said that the only reason we played them the other day was to kidnap them and bring them back up. And it, we've still to see if we actually did do it. Exactly.
2: Thinking, it's James initials are the same as that sports shop. That's it. It's James Tarkovsky. Uh, yes. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> No, obviously it's Jimmy Dunn. Come on. Um, I, I, the, the classic of getting that player in on loan, falling in love with him and having him break your heart. Uh, that's, that was our Jimmy. So, yeah, I'd take him back in a heartbeat, but I don't think
1: it'll happen, unfortunately.
0: i oh, they end it like that. They just know. end it on the optimism. Can, just can you not just see that? Through.
1: Because I, I noticed that Sean Dyche seems pretty keen on keeping him around. Is that I've, just you've <laughs> written it off, pretty much? Because Sean Deich apparently wants six
2: first team centre half, the big selfish <laughs> bell end. Um no, I'm just not sure that um I'm not sure he'd go to a team in the championship, simply put. Um I, I just I don't call, think he would.
1: I wouldn't call Sean Dyche a selfish bell end to his face.
2: No, but I'm never gonna the guy sounds like he eats he lives Bravo. off a,
1: it sounds like he, he lives off a, a diet of eating cigarettes. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> What a scary man just scrambling his B and H for breakfast. hundred percent he brushes his teeth with a brick. Um but yeah, I, I
2: think that Jimmy Dunn would would obviously be that the ideal. Um otherwise uh, I don't care. Bring bring me someone else on loan that I can fall in love with. sure uh, a <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Nothing He's against to be
0: the replacement for him. Has there ever been a more opposite?
2: Ever honestly. Craig, Craig Levine went to transfermarket.com and just went, like, Who's a big, tall Irishman that I could possibly get in? <laughs> just went, The Hearts fans won't notice. They won't notice. <laughs> he was. That's the thing. Conor Shaughnessy wasn't even the worst player I've ever seen. He just wasn't Jimmy Dunn.
0: Yeah. No one's Jimmy Dunn. No one's Jimmy Dunn. doesn't that's, matter. That's fair enough. Adam, yeah, you yeah. thought we could buy him the other week. You said to me that you thought we could buy him.
1: Listen, I, that was before Big Selfish Bell in Sean Dice said that he wanted six and a half.
0: <laughs> ah, right. I see. I thought he
1: the requirements. <laughs> you, hate I, get thought,
0: Peter, you hate Peter Haring, and now you're backtracking on statements you've said already on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: But to I'm, be fair, to, to be fair, he gave Sean Dice his full title. Um, so
1: I think true. we should go. <laughs> that's true. We should Listen, go easy on Adam. Embracing the beef, baby. This is what it's, <laughs> this is what it's all about. <laughs> Um, my pal Lewis has asked for your banter five aside hearts team. Now, I don't know if this is patter amongst players or just a five aside that you're going to chuck together and think, my God, that is an absolute disgrace.
2: An absolute banter team. So, right, let's think of the worst players possible here. Let's have uh, Craig Nelson in goals, 90 goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, absolute pish. Uh, let's have Nerejas Barassa um, and. Oh. David Kacharsky as the two defenders, oh. let's have a midfield two of, oh, oh, who should the midfield two be? We've had a lot of pish. We have. Mallory Martin. In recent Mallory, use. oh, so, no, because I think Mallory Martin would be suited ideally to five sides. I think he'd be great. I think oh, he'd be that's great at five true,
0: actually, aye.
2: Because he's, you know, he, he, he did have a decent touch. He could pass a ball. He could hit a ball. Um Rubbish oh. midfielders. Come on, Robert. Oh, Chuli. Let's put Chuli in there.
0: Oh, Why?
1: Oh, he yeah. was murder, man. No, seriously, he was brutal. He there would was, get bu- there, was, there was a semi decent performance at Fur Park, and that was it. Yeah, he would get
2: bullied by the walls at a 5 or side pitch. That's how, <laughs> That's how. weak he was. So let's have Chuli in there. Um, we need. Seven a, days. We need need another midfielder. Um, what ever happened
0: to Kenny Anderson?
2: Oh, Kenny Anderson, there we go. Yeah, get Kenny in there. Um, so, so basically, Kenny Anderson, what happened to him was he, uh, he retired after playing for Hearts. He just stopped playing no, he football. Did. No, I'm pretty he did, sure, mate. I'm pretty oh. sure. Well, he, Sorry, he might have gone back to the second or third tier of Dutch football. <laughs> he
0: essentially retired from football. But I,
2: th- I, think, I honestly think it was only for like a year or two, and then he just stopped playing. Really? And I've got, I've got a feeling that El Haas now he did that as well.
1: So is he up front?
2: Um, I don't know
0: if I put Haas- Surely you have to put Van check up front just cuz of his time here.
1: Great shout. I, I had him I had him and David Witteveen in my head. David Witteveen. Oh my Jesus god. Christ. Do
2: you guys do you guys remember uh, uh Jonathan Toto? Yes. The guy we had on trial for that one game against yeah. uh against Blackburn. Him.
0: Put him oh, in. There. <laughs> what about Dylan Bikey, who we bought just so Hibbs didn't he buy him and then he fucked oh. off after never playing?
2: Oh, my God, he did play. That's the worst thing. He oh, did he? Ah, he came on against Ross County, um, oh. for sure. And he might have played another, another couple um, as well. I don't know. But I think I think John, yeah, Jonathan Toto,
0: that's it. That's a great stick, shout.
2: Stick Toto up front.
0: That's, so that's that my... must have been planned. You clearly had that planned in your head. There's no way you just managed to get all that bind out off the cuff.
2: No, no, that, that 100%. That was just off the cuff. I've actually uh, forgotten who I picked now. So it was <laughs> <laughs> it was Craig, Craig Nelson, David mm-hmm. Kaczarski. Um, who, who was the other
1: defender? What was the right-back's name?
2: Uh, oh, Barasa. Yeah. Barasa, yeah. yeah. And then Truly and, and Kenny Anderson, Anderson and Jonathan Toto.
0: What a team that was.
2: Oh, I tell you, I, I'd fancy their chances in the Power League. I really
1: would. <laughs> Looking back, we have had some shite through the door, haven't we?
2: Oh God, I and most of it in the last like two years. <laughs>
0: I was about to say, I eighty percent of it is in the last few years.
2: Since he and Cathro came in, I think we signed something like ninety players, and it's like the memorable <gasps> ones you could probably count on two hands. Um, yeah, we remember Chuli, big, big Chuli, wee Chuli. I wonder what I wonder what he's up to. Hopefully, not playing
0: football. Surely he's no still at Stoke. I know Stoke haven't had the best fortunes recently, but surely he's but, still
1: even at that level. There's no way that he is at Stoke. Oh, wait, in
0: goals. Surely <laughs> it should have been he'll Pereira. Be
1: back in, he'll be back in, like, Morocco. or It was Morocco. He was for yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Morocco.
0: I think. I Aye, think surely Joe Pereira should have been the
1: goalie. No. Yeah, I think we no. know. The no, anger's no.
0: still there. You can't put it into I, banter <laughs> yet. Yeah, it's too
1: can't, fresh. I, I can't Maybe Joe Pereira's agent, because how on earth he's bagged a move to Huddersfield, I have absolutely no idea. So, um Moha Eloidace Chule, uh, which is his,
2: his full name, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. After he left Stoke, he went to a team that sounds like um, <laughs> a, that sounds like a sort of really rubbish fantasy football name that you'd give your own team. And it's called Blanca. No it, it's called Badalona. <laughs> 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 oh my God. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm trying to see. Uh, trying to see where oh, they play. Badalona. They they play in the the city of Badalona, which is apparently a place. Uh, there you that go. is I mean, like
0: a six year old going. I, your team's rubbish. Uh, it, they're they're no Barcelona. They're, they're Badalona. <laughs> oh, exactly.
2: I And I feel like I feel like we're maybe uh, just sort of slagging off a Spanish municipality here. But fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> But yeah exactly it's funny for a podcast, and he now plays for uh, Los uh
1: los uh'pitalet uh, that the play question in. Is, sorry, the question is, is there going to be badalona beef <laughs> <Use the note. laughs> good lord um
2: <laughs> it it's the fourth year of Spanish football fourth year Jesus.
1: Well, um, I was going to say a fall from grace but there never was any grace well, so. yeah where
0: was the
2: grace and uh, Los Patalets, uh nickname is the Riversiders so there you go
0: wow yeah that's unbelievable I like by the way we've had a question here that I wasn't going to ask you but I'm going to ask you it because I just love the suddenness and the bluntness of it uh-huh. so it's from Blair Heathcote and it just simply says no arms or no legs
2: Uh, no legs
0: oh interesting why next next (laughs) hit me with more (laughs) hit me with more Um, there's going to be kids listening in oh no
2: no legs yeah no legs Um, I don't know I've got I've got I've got really bad issues with my feet I've had many injuries so I think that would probably just solve a problem more than anything else
0: prosthetic legs are better than prosthetic arms
2: yeah um, for dancing certainly (laughs)
1: Sorry, honestly, oh, enough of the spiel, right? R- Rory Miller asks if he could bring back one player and manager, but have to have played slash managed at the same time. Who and why? Now, I don't know if that means as a player manager or. So
2: what that means? He's he's wanting he's wanting to bring a he's wanting to bring back a player manager combo. Oh right, okay, yeah. So, so it's like
0: Jim Jeffries and you Kevin continue. Kyle
2: or something. Yeah, right, okay. Oh right, okay. okay right, so I mean, Jeffries and Kyle is a great shout. Um, maybe. Oh, so because Aaron Hickey's left, let's go for Jim Jeffries and Gary Naismith Oh, let's make it practical. There you go uh, I, like but I mean, it, I like that you're thinking about this current crop as well. Yeah, that's it. Oh, you yeah, know if, if if you've got to bring them back, I mean, Gary Naismith could yeah. probably still do a job. To he be definitely
0: honest. could. <laughs> <He> definitely
2: <laughs> could. <laughs> um, Gary Naismith or A.D. White.
1: Just throwing it out there.
2: I, I would take a fifty year old Gary Naismith ahead of <laughs> ahead of whatever age A.D. White currently is.
0: What age is he?
2: He looks about fifty, but I think he's like <laughs> I think he's like twenty seven or something.
0: No. He can't even right. be four years older than me.
2: I'm almost certain that A.D. White is in his twenties, uh like mid twenties. Let me check. He's twenty eight. Twenty eight. <laughs>
0: That's
1: unbelievable.
0: Bloody hell. Yeah. God, that makes it uh, even sadder that he had that two-year period because that would have been his prime when yeah. he just wasn't playing.
2: Looked like his paper and went through a wind tunnel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. This isn't what he needs ahead of the new season.
2: No, it isn't, and I'm, I'm, be, I'm, I'm being overly harsh. He well, is. He has been fine for the forty-five minutes he plays at a time. <laughs> yes. He has. It's just, a, it's just a shame. He was such a such a promise. I still remember when he was coming through it, like Leeds and Barnsley and stuff like that. He was a great mm-hmm. player, um, but injuries have just sort of ruined him a little bit. Uh, I think I've got a feeling he might be one of the guys that Nielsen would be okay with uh, getting
0: rid of, but I'm not sure. I've just remembered something, actually, that I to say at the start of this. So, Robert, this will sound weird, but I, for three seasons, sat right behind you in Town Castle. Oh, really? Yeah, like right behind like, Dude. literally, you like my legs were at your head height. What the fuck? Where was this? <laughs> so it was up the back of the Castle, new stand. <laughs> yeah, it was just outside your house for three weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it, it sounded like you mentioned Tyne Castle, but that's just a wild assumption. Yes, Tyne Castle. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So right up the back of the new stand.
1: Yeah, um, in section
0: T. T, yeah. Yeah, and ah. one of my favourite moments ever at Tynecastle was you remember that St Johnston game where Marcus Guidinho scored. Uh
2: yes, I do. I remember it well.
0: Yeah, I remember. I'm pretty sure it was that game because you, it was literally one of my favourite, hardest moments ever. Where you turned to a guy, it wasn't even somebody you were with. It was a guy in the front row, in the front row, in the row in front of you. And Marcus Guidinho played a ball that was clearly in his head, going to be a sixty yard switch to whoever's running on on the left and it hit his outside his foot and somehow almost went behind him and you turned to somebody and went I don't even think I could do that accidentally and it just made (laughs) me burst out laughing.
2: I don't think I could that's the thing Marcus Goudinho he's surprised and delighted in equal measure uh, and I wish him all the very best in Germany no I think um (laughs) Yeah, I thought when you said St. Johnston game there, I thought you were going to mention the time that uh, me and the people I was with were started on by a bunch of racists. That Um, did
0: happen as well. And I would like to say I jumped to defend you. I did tell a (laughs) steward it was happening. But I'm I'm tall, as I said, but I'm not exactly built for fighting racists. (laughs) Therefore, (laughs) I did the cowardly thing and just go tell a steward.
2: Neither am I, and uh, if I'm honest, the guy I was with was wearing a tweed jacket, and I was like, "We stand no chance here. We stand absolutely <laughs> no chance here." Uh, no, I thought that was the one you were going to bring up, but yes, no, I, uh, I I often do have a good laugh, um, or often did have a good laugh at Marcus Guidinho's expense, even though I quite rated him. <laughs> even he did
1: it didn't score a prowess in that game. That was some goal, by the way. The ball through from John ah, Suter. I, I, I won't forget that because the boy there was a couple the boy a couple rows behind me had stuck 20 quid on Marcus Guidinho at 60 to 1 for first amazing. goal <sighs> amazing and, superb
0: I stuck a uh, £2 on Michael Smith for 12 games straight first goal scorer and then the one game I forgot was that Motherwell game where he scored like the 30 yarder amazing Love I used
2: that. to I used to do that for Marius Selyukas every single game 2 quid on first goal scorer I
0: think it came in once my dad used to do it for Lee Wallace, and the one game he did, not he was against Dundee United, and he scored for clearly an attempted cross, <laughs> and it went in. And I really remember it, because I was still quite young, and it was the first time I remember looking at my dad, and just kind of going, oh, something's happened here. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the only one no celebrating.
1: Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to save my dad the embarrassment, because every single striker that we've signed and built up, my old man has had a tendency to put a wee first goal scorer on. And I think he's been watching Hearts since the 80s. I think the only one that's ever come in was uh, Juanma Delgado at home at St. Johnston, the 4-3. I miss and we Juanma. Both, we both celebrated as though Hearts had just won the league. So, <laughs> that's, that's the only first goal scorer, I think, in the history of his betting career that's ever come in Hearts-related. So, there we go. Happy oh. days.
0: Well, we won't keep you for much longer, Rob. However, I've got one last question for you. That is, Again, I'm I'm very interested to your thoughts. What do you think is going to happen in this season ahead? Do you think it will go the way Hearts fans want? And obviously, like most other clubs in the bookies expect us to do, where we just kind of, maybe not even romp the league, but we win the league, go up. Do you think it'll be hard? Do you think it'll be tight? Or do you think we could actually stay in this division? Or do you think it's all dependent on COVID?
2: Have you... Have you ever seen the film Independence Day? Yes, I have. Right. So do you know when the big alien spaceship comes down on top of the White House? Yes. Uh, and fires that big laser into the White House and then basically mm-hmm. destroys half of Washington? Yep. So Hearts are the spaceship. In this <laughs> spaceship. <laughs> okay. And the other championship jobber teams are everything in it. its weight. <laughs> I've been saying this consistently. Uh, I think Hearts will win the league by 15 to 20 points. Uh, wow. the- depending on some injuries for the other teams, it could be 20 to 25 points. If we lose a game, I'll be furious. an <laughs> un- unbeaten season? Honestly, I will be furious if we lose a team. When you look at the, the standard of the other teams in there, no disrespect to them. No, no actually, no. No, you can't
0: go. We're we'll going to obliterate them. 20 points. If we lose, I'll be raging.
1: No, no, I'm thinking no disrespect. This is coming from a guy that wanted some sort of beef related role with the SFA and SPFL. Uh, Do you know what? With all the disrespect in the world. Thousands of disrespect.
2: Um, (laughs) Have you ever seen uh, the uh, blockbuster film Armageddon? Yes. Uh, Do you know when Paris just gets randomly destroyed in Armageddon? (laughs) Yeah. It's like the only city that gets destroyed.
0: Yeah.
2: Right, so Hearts of the Meteorite. And the Scottish Championship is Paris.
0: I'm very glad that's the analogy you use for that film because that film ends with the Meteor like, getting fucked by Bruce Willis and I was like who's Bruce Willis in this scenario? Well
2: I mean in that scenario the, the hearts are Bruce Willis and the Meteor is very much the Scottish Championship so yeah yeah I'm, I, to answer your question I, I'm fairly confident.
1: Good, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm just intrigued I mean did you spend the whole year lockdown just coming up with these various analogies <laughs> like with hearts in the championship? Um, <laughs> No uh, I didn't unfortunately uh, if if
2: I had done then I would have had a lot more than just those two I whipped off the top of my head um, so
1: apologies. You didn't do like a Queen's Park FM save like Craig did you?
2: No, uh, well, I, no, no, not not to that extent. Um, I, I went uh,
1: on that today. Unbelievable scenes.
2: Yeah, I, I went an Icelandic team called Thor, um, who are in the the second division in Iceland, and just signed all the Scottish players that I possibly could. <laughs> Lee uh, Le- Roy McEvora, uh, the Hearts y- uh, youngster, is my top goal scorer of all time. Oh, Thor, yeah, aren't very good. He's
0: quality in FM. He's quality in
1: FM.
2: I want to tell you, he's quality in the Icelandic leagues. <laughs> I can see, it. I can see that for certain.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I don't think any of us had any doubt that he'd go on and assert himself in the Icelandic League. So so that's that's good to know. Absolutely. And I hope he's listening. That's that's aim for the
2: stars. That's it.
0: Well, on that bombshell, we'll end episode ten of Petra Pace Podcast. There. Rob, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet?
2: No, thank you very much for for, for having me on. They can find me at Rf Borthwick on uh, twitter.com. That's where they can find me. I mean, they can find me anywhere else. Just type in Robert Borfick.
0: Yeah, You'll probably absolutely. find it. I'll be one of them. <laughs> just message them all, and chances ah, I, are he'll be one.
2: I'm the, I'm the one with the beard.
0: Yes. <laughs> There's no other Robert Borficks with beards. I've checked. I
2: tell you what, there they better fucking not be.
0: That's, <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> That's your whole thing.
2: That's, That's my concern. whole thing, is my name and beard. That's all I've
1: got.
0: Adam, where can I get you on Twitter?
1: Uh, they can find me at AdamTKend on Twitter, but I've, I've got nothing else to say. I've not got a beard, so... <laughs> I I oh yeah, you're the only
0: member of this podcast with a beard.
1: I, I can't see it happening anytime soon, to be honest. It's just... It's one of those one of those things. Just water it every day, man. That's what I've been doing.
0: Yeah, that's how it, that's how it happened with me locked down watering it, and now I've got a full beard. There you go. You can get me at I the advice on board chaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main takeaway for this podcast.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks very much. See, see you next week.
0: <laughs> I am at Mackay the Mark and we are at Perth Paisley. If you wanna give us anything in terms of questions, topics to discuss, you can either tweet us or email us, Pert at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next time.